Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Worker's Mic here on 720 WGN. My name is Ken Edwards. I'm with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting with me today is Ed Maher. He is with IUOE Local 150. Morning, Ed. Good morning. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Big day for us. Big, big day for us. You've been hearing us talk ad nauseum about the Workers' Rights Amendment. It has passed. Congratulations, Workers of Illinois. Big news. This is huge news. Yeah, we are going to spike the football for a minute or two here. Uh, We are very lucky today to have with us uh, Jake Lewis. Jake, welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely. Jake, what's your title? I'm the Senior Communications Advisor for Vote Yes for Workers' Rights, which was the campaign supporting the amendment. You ran this thing. I was part of a team that ran it. You Uh, ran ran it. (laughs) No, I I was happy to be part of the team uh, along with a lot of other talented people. This was a huge coalition. I will say Jake played a very important role along with the campaign staff. But this this was truly uh, a team effort, one of the biggest team efforts I've ever seen with with working people of every stripe in Illinois. Team effort by labor, right? I mean, not just... And uh, the public. And and, and the public got it, right? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Uh, we saw an amazing response from labor, from voters, uh, from people who are in union, people who aren't. They understood the benefits of this amendment. And the reason why is because the language was clear. You know, you open up your ballot, you read this thing. It's very clear. Politicians are not going to pass any laws that will diminish the right of workers to bargain for things like higher wages and more safety protections on the job. Uh, people saw that. They saw our message and they responded. Um, and, and that's and why Jake, we won. And Jake, this, this was not a partisan issue, correct? Not in the slightest. Okay. Uh, and, and that was a deliberate choice by the campaign. We, we never embraced any politician from either party. We said this is about the workers. And, and that's why you saw, and it, you saw this in counties all over, especially downstate Illinois. Workers' Rights Amendment did f- far better than any politician, especially from the Democratic Party. We ran ahead of those Democrats because we, we had a significant amount of Republican support because this is not about either party. This is about protecting workers. Every voter had an opportunity to tell politicians to take a hike, and they took it. I love it. And so this whole nonsense with the property taxes, that went nowhere. This whole nonsense with uh, we're going to do away with background checks, that went nowhere. That's right. right. Those were lies. Uh, And and I think we we got our message out to make sure people understood that those were lies. Uh, But again, at the end of the day, people read the language, um, and you know what? They understood. It was clear. It, it is. It was. First of all, it was very clear that right. the messaging was very clear. I like what you said just now. You didn't have. It wasn't like you had politician A come on and say, "Hey, I support this because I'm a Democrat," or "Hey, I support right. this because I'm a Republican." You purposely left politicians out of this. That's exactly right. That and, was a. That was a. That was a tactic important. by the campaign. Yeah. We said from the very get-go, this is not going to be about Democrats or Republicans. This is going to be about workers. And it's interesting, too. You know, one, one of the things I think that, you know, the anti-workers don't give enough credit to is they think that workers are stupid, right? Strong, right. strong backs, weak minds. Right. And, and it turns out that that was exactly the opposite. The campaign and labor and even non-unions realized that the, the workers here in Illinois are smart enough to see through this. Right. That's right. right. Uh, and they were smart enough to realize that this is good for everybody. Well, and, and working people have spent years being attacked by politicians, being attacked by corporations who are trying to erode their rights. This was an opportunity for workers to vote for themselves. And that was something that we, we in the campaign reiterated a number of times. And people got it. They understand this is a vote that I can take to protect myself, my community, my job, my coworkers, make us stronger. This isn't a vote for any politician or politician promise. This is a vote for myself. Self, people got it. Literally taking politics out of it. That's right. And this is the first one in the United States, correct? But not the last. 
but not the last is right. <laughs> this is a landmark. I mean, Illinois is really leading the way for the rest of the labor movement because we're the first state to put such strong protections into our state constitution. We're the first state to do it through an amendment that went straight to the voters. Uh, but I think that's exactly right. There are a number of states who are watching Illinois to see if this passed. Not only did it pass, but it passed by strong margins. And so I think you're going to see other states in the Midwest and around the country say, wait a minute. Not only is this good policy and a good way to protect workers, but I can see some Democratic politicians out there saying, wait a minute, this brought in significant Republican votes. This is good politics for me to be on the side of workers and the Workers' Rights Amendment. Let's bring this to my state. It's about time. Absolutely. Right? Hey, listen, you're, uh, you're listening to WGN, the Workers' Mic. We are here with uh, Jake Lewis right now. We're going to switch gears, um, and we're going to be talking with Stu Clark from Premise Health, and then we're going to be talking about some of the union's initiatives to open doctor's offices. So I know we're a little bit all, all over the map right now, but you know we're kind of going with the flow here on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Ken Edwards. This is Ed Maher. You're listening to The Worker's Mic on 720 WGN. We are pleased to have Stu Clark today from Premise Health on the air with us via telephone, our first time via telephone. And Stu is the CEO of Premise Health. He's the boss. Stu. Good morning, Stu. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me today. Oh, thank yeah. you so much for yeah. being here. Thanks for taking the time. Stu, um, you're the CEO of, of Premise Health, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, how we're connected in, in a bit. But can you give us a quick overview on what is Premise Health? Sure, you bet. We are what's called a direct health care company. So we provide primary care to large organizations, including unions, where we provide primary care to the working folks and their families, where they work and where they live. Uh, we live outside of the traditional health care system uh, because we think we do a better job directly contracting with organizations. When you say uh, you know, direct, explain the difference between your organization and a traditional health care organization. Sure. I think the simplest way to look at it is we are not a fee-for-service primary care provider. So we are held accountable to the organization that we contract with to provide and measure high-quality care and to get great outcomes for our patients. And so we're both accountable and value-driven, uh, and that stands in very stark contrast to a fee-for-service, unaccountable, traditional healthcare system. When you say fee-for-service, explain what that is. Fee-for-service is when you visit your doctor's office and the, the doctor spends some time with you and maybe administers a shot or gives you a prescription. That doctor then charges the insurance company for what he or she did, uh, for each little thing they did. Uh, and we take a different approach. Uh, our, our customers say, look, spend as much time with that patient as you need. Uh, we're going to pay the cost of you know, uh, the, the operations. We want you to deliver great care. Uh, and we want you to be accountable for that individual's health. And so, again, I think we are much better aligned with the patient and with the organization um, than what you see in traditional system. It sounds like the focus is on efficiency of care rather than just throwing the kitchen sink at everything. It, it's efficiency, but I want to be clear that we consider efficiency to include, you know, the, the important element of quality. Absolutely. You have to get it right or don't do it. And, and the way the system is set up now, a lot of times the primary care doc doesn't have enough time to get it right. We're going to get it right. 
Yeah, you know, you, you, you bring up a good point, and, and we, I want to tie this back to what you said earlier, which is, you know, workers and working families, too often, you know, we try and go to the doctor, for example, and it takes a month to get in there. And then when you get in there, you know, first you'll see uh, a nurse, perhaps, um, and then you might see a nurse practitioner, and you'll literally see the doctor for about a minute. And he walks in, checks your you know chart, and goes, "Yeah, everything's fine." Or you need this, and see you next time, and moves on to the next you know room. And it's it, it just feels like it's the assembly line. Yeah, it's assembly line. They're churning people, and, and that sounds to me like a recipe for missing a diagnosis or not really getting the care that you should be getting. And from from my experience with with Premise Health, it's different. You can sit in there and you can talk to the doctor for as long as you want because he doesn't have you know, a, a, a quota, for example, to hit. All right. Am I right about that, Stu? It, it, totally correct. And, and we have a name for that type of, of practice that you described in the prior example. We call it doorknob medicine. The doc's hanging on the doorknob uh, trying to get out of the exam room because he or she has 30 people in the waiting room. I like it. And Door, they're not doorknob paying medicine. time talking yeah. to you about, you know, your lifestyle or your family history. And so they're hanging on the doorknob to get out to the next patient. I've never so heard that, that term before, but I do have, I, I used to have a doctor that I always found after about five minutes, he'd have his hand on the doorknob and he'd be like, anything else, anything else? It's like, just go. You can, you can just go. Well, that's, it. that was because of your, your personality. I mean, I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think, I think he that. was actually completely unbooked that whole day. He just wanted to leave you. I get it from everybody. I just don't <laughs> want it from my doctor. <laughs> You're paying the guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Stu, premise, so, so premise Health, you know, and this is what I find fascinating, is it's, it's a new way of doing uh, business. I think, in my humble opinion, it's better. I think it's cost effective, and we'll talk about that in, in a second. But it's something that is not in the vernacular of working people right now people working class you know americans don't know that this exists mm-hmm. to an extent you know if you're in you know working for a corporation that might have an on-site or a union for perhaps that, that has a clinic sure you know that this exists but let's just take the average you know working class american and i'll use starbucks for example you know, you see the commercials like, oh, you get health insurance on the first day. What they don't tell you is that the health insurance, you know, might not be the greatest, and you're also going to pay 30% for it. Starbucks can afford 50,000 premise health centers, and workers don't know to even ask for it, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it, absolutely. Look, the, the, the system is set up to be very confusing and hard to navigate. And the American worker, you know, puts everything they have into their job, uh, they care dearly about their families, and you know it. It takes a degree in rocket science to figure out how to navigate the healthcare system. How do I get to that specialist? Well, uh, where should I go get my MRI? And so what happens is um, they get lost in the system, and we end up with what's called wandering diagnoses, which means lots of folks never get properly diagnosed, and even once they do, the, the different doctors aren't talking with each other. Well, if we all approached our work, our jobs that way, we'd be fired. But yet, we spend $2 trillion a year in this country in commercial health care, and the system is, is, you know, just, it's a mess. And you guys are one of the players in this space that aims to, to fix that, if, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That's exactly right. We expect our primary care uh, providers uh, to, to really advocate for that patient. One, get them diagnosed. 
let's trade them. If we can't trade them because it's out of our scope, let's get them to the right specialist. So let's make that appointment. And then there's no and Stu, permission. Stu, can we talk to that doctor, you know, and yeah. close the loop? And there's no financial incentive for you to send him down the hallway to some specialist that, you know, appears to be a network at first glance because your doctor's in network, but it turns out he's actually not in network and you just spent a, a thousand bucks on an MRI that would have should have cost you, you know, fifty bucks or should have been free, right? It is an important principle of ours that we do not have interlocking, conflicting relationships like that. So we are answerable, you know, where we work for unions. Uh, our client is the union. We have to do right by the union, which means we have to treat those members with high quality, with respect, and we have to help them navigate the community. Yeah, so I the can, union uh, is, yeah. is our a client in that sense. Well, so many jobs uh, don't provide health care. So getting health care benefits generally is a huge deal for workers. And it seems like this is just a new tier above traditional health care because you get health care coverage. And as you said, it can be hard to find a doctor, hard to understand those benefits. And here you don't have to wait a month to see a specialist or figure out where you go see your doctor. This is this is like elevated health care where you're working with doctors that have an incentive to treat you correctly uh, and efficiently. Um, and your employer is providing this to you, and you have a relationship with that employer, a direct relationship, so they are, they're there to get you healthy. So, I mean, it seems like a, a completely new approach, better approach to a benefit that, uh, that people are, have, have seen around for so many years. And, Stu, do you think that this is a cost-effective approach? Like, let, let's talk about that for a second in terms of either a union or, let's say, you know, a corporation that opens up an on-site clinic. You know, what, is, what does it do for uh, health care costs? Well, what we have found, and we've been in this business decades, is that if you provide high-quality care, the member, the patient, gets better and costs come down. So we think there's a direct, we know, there's a direct relationship between providing high-quality comprehensive care and lower costs. In other words, what's not to love about that? Yeah, you're catching, you know, just to put it in layman's terms, you're catching an early uh, heart disease, you're catching uh, early diabetes, you know, high blood pressure, things that, quite frankly, people wouldn't catch because let's let's call it what it is. A lot of working class either doesn't have access or, like you said, Stu, has to have a degree in rocket science to figure out how to get to that cardiologist. Um, and yours is kind of one-stop shopping, like, hey, you know, you have high blood pressure. You should take this medicine. Uh, that's the end of the discussion. You don't need to see 14 specialists. So you're catching those early, and then I'm assuming that that, in turn, has a downstream effect of saving either the company money, the insurance company money, the union money, and obviously, at some point, the member. Am I right about that? It, it, exactly. And, and then there's the issue of just wasted cost and effort. So, you know, if, if the patient has had recent lab work, uh, at our center, let's say two weeks ago, and we, we send them to the right specialist in that community, we're going to send their lab work along with them so that that specialist doesn't have to stick needles in that patient's arm uh, for the second time in two weeks to get the same results we got at our clinic. So we're gonna, we're, we strip this, this inefficiency and waste out of the system as well. Yeah, that uh, that makes sense to me. And, you know, from my own experience, and, you know, uh, we're going to get into this in the second half of the show, when we really drill down on the union's experience. But I know for a fact that if I have a problem, I can literally call the doctor's office and they know my name, they know my history, and I can probably get in there that same day if it's that important because my doctor doesn't have 14,000 patients to churn. 
and I don't even know his name. I call him Dr. C because he has a very hard name to pronounce, so I call him Dr. C, and Dr. C has done a great job by me. You know, to that point, Ken, earlier this week I had a cough, and there was uh, some flu in my house last week, so... I got up on Tuesday morning. I had a cough. I made a call to, we have a a premise health center at the operating engineers, local 150, where I work. And I was in by nine with an appointment. I got a test for COVID, a test for flu, tested negative for both of them. And I was back at work with some assurance of my health by 10 o'clock. I didn't have to try to find a doctor, try to find some availability later that week. It was easy. And so I actually was able to get into the doctor. From my own personal experience, if you if you make it too hard for people to access health care, they're more likely not to do it. Or, you know, and that's a good point, Ed. And you didn't have to take the day off that's in right. order to go to the doctor. Right, yeah. you literally can walked across the parking lot. It took thirty minutes, and you're lucky that local 150 has that. Absolutely, and, and the building trades are starting to build them, and we're seeing the premise really kind of dominate the space and build more and more of these doctors' offices. It's it's like healthcare that just works for people. It works with your schedule. It works with modern life. Well, we're we're t- we're here to talk to Stu, not you. Ed. All right, okay. I'll be quiet now, yeah. Stu. Sorry about that. Sorry, Stu. Jesus. Hey. You know, one one thing I'd add to that is that you know we have a behavioral health crisis in this country, and and working families, you know, are under more pressure than ever. Uh, whether it's kids off the rails, family members off the rails, um, and and you know, it, it's time to start talking about how we incorporate behavioral health specialists into the primary care model. Is that something that and we're you guys doing, are doing that, that in a number of locations? Yeah, you you are doing that. And when you say yes. behavioral oh, health, yes. so we layman's terms, uh, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a counselor. social worker, counselor, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, social workers, counselors, and psychologists as part of that primary care team. Yeah, I think that's, uh, first of all, I think it's an amazing value, and kudos to you guys for, for recognizing that and doing it. We're here talking to Stu Clark today. Uh, he's the CEO of Premise Health, um, just an amazing company, and what they're doing is fantastic. Stu, right before we leave, and I know you have an interesting background, two seconds of your background. Well, um, a proud eighth-generation West Virginian um, and found my way to Nashville you know, years ago. I, I'm passionate about health care. I've, I've seen uh, what bad health care and bad lifestyles, uh, unhealthy lifestyles have done to my family in Appalachia. You know, I've... Uh, my grandfather came back from World War II, um, uh, joined the UMWA, and went to work at Candleton Coal Company, and uh, 42 years later retired. They gave him a shotgun with his name engraved on it after 42 <laughs> years. I guess that's what you got back in the 80s when you retired. But, yeah, that's very a, proud. Better than uh, what you got now. Virginia <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that story, and that impressed me uh, when, when we met with you. Uh, I, it's people like you, to be honest with you, that I think are, are doing God's work, and uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, you are listening to The Worker's Mic on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. I'm Ken. I'm Ed. We're going to segue this into now hearing directly from some fund administrators. And what that means in plain English is uh, people that run health and welfare funds for unions. And, you know, you think of something, you know, I always think of people think of a union as like, you know, some bunch of guys sitting in a back room smoking a cigar. I was going to say cigars is what people seem to always think it is. Couldn't be further from the truth. And it is these people are running multi-billion dollar uh, funds that have literally billions of dollars in assets. The, the panel that's going to be in here in the next segment probably collectively controls you know fifteen twenty billion dollars worth of benefits that provide health care and retirement to 
I would say we've got to be looking at 100,000 people. Oh, easy. Yeah, I, I imagine that. And so, you know, get that notion of, you know, the old school union out of your mind because the, 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 it's not what it is today. And an, another thing that I want to say before we before we get to, to our, our next guest is, is this. When you're listening to this and, you know, first of all, you're a union member, um, that's fine. You know, this is a benefit that unions provide. If your union doesn't provide it, you know, you know, have some discussion with your leadership. But, you know, I'm also talking to, you know, the Starbucks, right? We're talking right. to the Starbucks workers of the world and the Amazons of the world and Chipotle's and Home Depot's and places that are organizing right now. They don't know that this exists. And we're here to tell you, like, hey, you can open up your own doctor's offices. Right. Starbucks certainly has enough money to put a doctor's office within 10 miles of every store, 20 miles of every store. Well, when those workers are, are negotiating and trying to figure out what they want in their agreements, they should shoot for the moon with health care. You shouldn't just uh, look for basic health care coverage because this is a benefit that's better than regular health care. You can get health insurance, which is a great benefit that a lot of people don't have. Um, but if you can't get in to see a doctor, it's not really that uh, it's not that worthwhile. So this is an even better thing. So I think people that are, are just starting out should be shooting for this. It's like healthcare plus. Exactly. So every product, every commercial right now, or every commercial right now, you're, you're, you're watching, and they're not advertising products. They're literally advertising, hey, come work for us. And one of the very first things they say is, we have insurance. You right. get insurance on day one. And that's great. Try and get a doctor's appointment to get an MRI, to get a blank, to get another blank. You got to go through forty-seven doctors, and and it has to, you know, takes you know years to literally get to to where you need to get to because the healthcare system is is messed up. And when you have to jump through all these hoops, you're probably more likely to just say, you know what, forget it. I right, feel I'm, fine. I'll be better tomorrow. I'm not going to go, right. or I got to take a day off of work. I got to get childcare, etc. If you had your own health clinic that you could literally drive to in five minutes and go in and get service or get care, which is what we do, right? I mean, you're more likely to go. You're more likely to be healthier, right? Yeah. And it's just a... It's, it's just a win for everybody. There's no question about it. So we're here... Stick around. Yeah, stick around. We're here talking health fund administrators. Uh, it's going to be really, really interesting here on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I'm Ken... He's Ed. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor, right here on 720 WGN. We are extremely lucky to have four health care administrators, health fund administrators in the union world here with us today. Yeah, we've got an illustrious panel of local labor benefit administrators here. So I'll introduce everybody. We've got Christina Gustaferi from the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council. We've got Tom Bernstein, the fund administrator for the Midwest Operating Engineers Benefit Fund. And then we have Sean Maddox and Aaron Keene from the IBEW Local 134 Benefit Plans. Welcome, everyone. Yeah. Morning. Thank yeah, you good guys morning. for getting out good here morning. so early in the yeah, morning. Thank you so much for coming. You, you all just heard what um, Stu Clark had to say from Premise, right? And, you know, full disclosure here, all of the fund administrators that are sitting here at the moment have uh, near, or I should say on-site clinics, uh, health clinics that are run by Premise. Am I correct, Tom? Yeah, that's correct. And let's start. Let's start with Tom. Um, Tom is Tom Bernstein. How long has uh, the operating engineers uh, had an actual clinic on site? So we opened our first one back in 2015, August of 2015. And what what made you decide to do that? That's a great question, Ken. We uh, were faced with a situation where our members were not able to get access as quickly as they needed to to quality care, and so in in devising a method to do that and, and rethink how we gave healthcare out to our members it was we could do it better ourselves 
let's find a partner, let's open a health center strictly for the members of Local 150 and make it convenient, make it affordable, and make it the best quality care that we could provide for our members. And when you say members, do you mean members and their families? Members and their families, sure. So kids, wives, et cetera. Kids, wives, yep. Immediate, immediate family. And when you say affordable, what does that mean? Free. <laughs> Hold on. Free. Free. Free is pretty affordable. Even in this day of inflation, I think that's a good price. Yeah, it's still free. It's still free. <laughs> so, um, so Christina, what? when did you guys start? When did the Carpenters uh, start their clinic? So we started the conversation about six years ago. And, you know, when you start to look for a partner – you, you got to look deep and you got to look at everybody that's playing in the field. So uh, we were really pleased with where we landed with Premise Health. Our health center is actually located in the suburbs in Lyle, Illinois, and we've been open for about four and a half years now. And much like what Tom said, we were looking for a higher level of care. And our philosophy um, that we like to put forward with our health center is that we want to really take a holistic approach. So if you walk in and remember what Stu said, we were talking about um, behavioral health, right? We want that nurse practitioner or, or that medical director to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm hearing something in our conversation today. Let's walk down the hall. Or, you know, we recently expanded to include physical therapy and chiropractic care on site as well. So, hey, you know what? You've been having problems with that shoulder. Why don't we get you set up with a physical therapist to see if we can't work with you in order to avoid some surgery, at least for a couple of years now? So you're catching it early, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And and what are your members, uh, Christina, what do they think about this? Like, have you gotten, you know, positive feedback, negative feedback? What do they think? Well, we're fortunate in our relationship with Premise Health that everyone that leaves our our health center actually has an opportunity to complete a satisfaction survey. And so we are blowing it out of the water. It's always over 90% satisfaction rate. And um, people will leave comments. How about how nice it is somebody actually listened to me? And that's the key there. Remember you heard Stu talking about a different level of care in terms of let's spend the time with the patient that we need to in order to get to know them and really evaluate where they are now and where we need to get them. Let's work with them. Let's listen to what they have to say. That's great. Your, your members uh, are lucky to have that, uh, as, are, as are everybody in this room. And quite frankly, out there in the building trades that are, that are not sitting in this room, I know there are other building trades that have their own health centers as well. Some have shared. We'll talk about that. But, you know, talk about a value add you right. know, to, the, to union land and working class and working people, you know, we have our own doctor's offices. Well, these funds are, are charged with keeping people healthy, both during their careers and into retirement. So there's an interest in keeping people going to the doctor. If you have a heart issue, finding it early rather than finding it 20 years down the road when you need a transplant or something like that. So, um, so being able to provide care, being able to provide physical therapy, chiropractic, uh, counselors. Sure. Um, are you finding that your members are using care? More members are actually accessing health care who might not have gone to see a doctor in 10 years. I mean, do they have an opportunity, say, to, to have a, a primary care physician at these centers? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to expand care to include chiropractic and physical therapy, because those younger, actively working carpenters are never going to see a medical doctor unless they're severely ill, right? You're just not going to go. And why is that? Because when you're working in the trades, you're an hourly employee. 
and you're going to have to take time off of work. So we've extended our office hours um, so that we are actually accepting patients and seeing patients through 7 o'clock at night. So that's enough time for somebody that gets off in an afternoon that maybe the only place they're going to start at our health center is with the chiropractor. But that chiropractor is going to get them to actually, hey, when was the last time that you actually had a physical? Sure. Right? Yeah. When was the last time you had a tetanus shot? Right. You're working on the job. Yeah. All right, let's get you in. Let's get you an appointment. So that's, Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And, and, and Sean and Aaron, you guys are about to open uh, your first clinic, correct? Correct, yes. We're, we're new to the game, uh, but leveraging the opportunity here to really take advantage of a new way of delivering health care to our members. And yours is, yours is slightly different than, I think, uh, the carpenters and the operators. Yours is actually at your training facility. Is that accurate? So we just completed. In fact, our health center is going to open November 15th. And uh, we did build a new fund office, and part of that building is devoted to the health center, and it is adjacent to the training center. Which is amazing. So th- they're already there. So we've got a captive audience with those folks uh, at the apprenticeship school. We don't like the word captive audience. Okay. <laughs> the good news is they'll be able to see it, and they'll be able to come over yeah. and very easily access uh, an appointment with the physician, yeah. um, get lab work done very easily, vaccines, other things like that, uh, for really, truly starting them out with the experience, much like Chris referenced there, we hope that they establish that relationship at that last their entire career by yeah. going to the health center, and then even into retirement. Of course, and Aaron, you came from the city, city of Chicago. I was with the city of Chicago. I'm running their health care, and then I was at the police pension fund. And let me ask you about the city of Chicago. Does the city of Chicago itself have have its own health center? No, you would you would you would think that the city, right, a city our mm-hmm. size, would have ten. Because you have to live in the city, in my understanding, right. to work in the city, right? Yeah, most most of the uh, like the public works, et cetera, yeah. And police and fire, they have to live like, literally Correct. within the city boundaries. You would think it would make the most sense in the world. Are they self-administered, the city? Mm-hmm. The city's whole self-administered. Self-funded. Yeah. You would think that it would just make sense. The efficiency is kind of needed, one might argue, in the city of Chicago. So yet, yet again, something that would be good for not just building trades folks, but police, firefighters, mm-hmm. teachers, you know, all those folks that would benefit from having these type of benefits, you know, I'll just say this, you know, through the unions, and we represent, you know, I don't know, thousands of public sector folks, right? They're welcome to come to our clinic. Correct? Oh, Tom, am I right for about sure. that? Our, our clinic's open to anybody who's eligible under our plan and their dependents. Uh, you know, if I could go back to one thing that I heard Stu say earlier about, uh, he called it doorknob medicine. Uh, I like to call it treat them and street them. But, you know, that's what we're, we're trying to avoid. When, when somebody comes into our health center for whatever reason, maybe it's for an urgent care need, those providers are going to spend the time to dig a little bit deeper than that. And maybe they uncover a blood pressure issue or something else that's going on with the member. And that's really where, you know, you, you have the opportunity to make a, a change in that person's life that's better, you know, to, to improve their health and improve their quality of life. You know, our tagline for our health centers are, is building better health. And that's what we try to do. Treat them and street them. I like that even better than doorknob medicine. Yeah, that's pretty good. So we're here talking with uh, the fund administrators from the Midwest Operating Engineers, the Carpenters, and IBW Local 134. Um, Let me just – I have a couple more questions. Um, In terms of location – Right, so uh, the operators have one in Countryside, and I know we just opened up one in Indiana. But I know our jurisdiction goes all the way into Iowa. 
right? And the Carpenter's jurisdiction, uh, Christina, is is what actually the Carpenter's now just merged, so they have Missouri, uh, Kansas City. Yeah, so it, you're, you're looking at this into St. Louis and Kansas City, and so, you know, but for today's conversation, we'll talk about jurisdiction with um, members that are within our health plan right now. Yep. So that's about 45,000 lives. But wow. yeah, we're going all the way up into um, Wisconsin, north border area, mm-hmm. all the way down to um, Joliet, Kankakee, uh, Shanahan area. You know, that's a good point. 45,000 belly buttons right, right. so it's not Absolutely. just it's the member their, yeah. their spouse yeah. uh, their children Tom what's ours we have 55,000 55, when, when you throw in all the so dependents there's, so there's 100 right there and you guys what is, what is 29 29,000 so literally we're talking to you know we're talking to four people here that are responsible for providing care providing care to 130,000 people and that's an amazing number and right. how's it going I mean is it working for us I would say uh, 100% is working for us. I think the members really like it. You know, they're able to call and get an appointment. You know, you might need an urgent care visit. You call your doctor and they're like, oh, you're in luck. The doctor's got an opening in three weeks. Right. You know, he just had a cancellation. <laughs> uh, great. Right. Uh, but no, if they call our health centers, it's come in later today if you can or tomorrow the latest and, and we'll get you in. We'll get you taken care of. Let me switch topics now and talk about geography because I know that the, the unions that are represented here in this room today have a very large geographic jurisdiction the ibw 134 is cook county but cook county is quite large um are the members concerned that you know for example and i know this because you know i represented guys in in public works for a very very long time it's like wait a second why is it over there how come it's not next to my house how come it's not in my backyard you're like are they are you getting any of that 100 percent. as soon as we open the door on the first one it's like (laughs) can we get one closer to us uh, and, you know, we opened it where we did because that made the most sense based on uh, the bodies and the lives that were in that area, the, the, the members that we had. So the goal was if it works, right. if we could prove the model works, we'll, we'll expand. And that's what we're in the process of doing now. You know, well, because you, you started access. this. This was like an experiment. And it, it's proven, you know, it's proven efficient, cost effective for you guys and to bring to bring better health outcomes for your members. Right. A hundred percent. So even, if, it's, if it's cost effective. In one location, you would think that that would translate, of course, to other locations, correct? Like, look at IBW. You guys are about to launch, and it's going to be in Allsup, if I'm not mistaken. That's right? correct. And we've already heard. We didn't open the doors yet, and we've already heard uh, why there and what about us. Uh, and and the answer is you're going to talk about it. It's a start. Well, so it's that's a start. A, it's, that's a, it's a segue into a great conversation, and that is this, that the Midwest Coalition of Labor, um, along with our uh, member unions, have decided – to partner with Premise Health and to open up uh, what we call nearsight clinics, and we're going to put them in locations that are closer to where our members live. So they asked, and we're delivering. And how are we delivering this? By ourselves, you know, I'll just use the operators as an example, which is my home local. We can't afford to have our own clinic in Shanahan, Illinois, which is, you know, out west for us. But together with several of the unions, and this is, by the way, this isn't like willy-nilly. This is actually drilled down science of living, you know, where our members live yeah, and, and heat radius map. of heat maps. We can afford to do it together. Yeah, pool so, together. So labor is actually doing something together. So while we normally fight on a job site about a skid steer or whatever it is we're, we're arguing about, you know, a forklift, we've put those differences aside for five minutes, and we're opening up health centers together. And, I, and, and you know, Aaron, what do you think about that? I mean, as we just begin our health center now, we're obviously going to evaluate how it goes and, and think that it'd be a great opportunity down the road 
to offer it in other parts of the city and the county because we have such a wide geography. So Aaron and Sean, I actually have a question about this. Um, Because you're newcomers to offering your own health center, did you hear from your members uh, who were working on job sites with members of other unions that had these about why don't we have these or, you know, expressed an interest in having your own centers originally? It came, that message was delivered um, to our union members and then to the union leadership who then said, brought this to the tr- to the trust and said we need to evaluate this this seems to be working why don't you you know network and find out how it's working in these other locations because we're hearing positive impact positive feedback from them mm-hmm. about it on the job sites maybe this is something we should really take a look at and so, that yeah, was kind of the it's, genesis it's, it's great so, where we nice started. To, so, so like literally bottom up right so people are talking on the job site and saying hey i have this benefit and what do you mean you have that benefit how come i don't have that benefit and then the members then come to the leaders and say why don't we have that, that benefit so it took somebody obviously to open up the first one and i'm not saying that anybody in this room is is you know the creator of all this because i know back in the day the teamsters at teamster city had their own doctor's office had a dentist back there i remember where i grew up the electricians in new york city we had the same thing and this was you know in the 70s that was you know it was something that was a model that of course went away because we got priced out of business and you know it was so now we're starting sort of that back upswing but let's now go back to these shared health centers we're going to put them in places you know like you said sean our members like well i live far away you know we're going to put them in places where now our members have no reason not to go to them and i think you know, if we're reading the tea leaves right, and I believe we are, that we will see an enormous amount of usage from these shared health centers. So I would invite any other union out there that's either in the MCL or wants to join, um, you know, to get on board, to give us a shout. And, you know, we're, we're really, really looking forward to that. All right. So once again, we just heard from a panel of fund administrators, including Christina Gustaferi from the Mid-America Carpenters, Sean Maddox and Aaron Keene from the IBW Local 134 Benefit Plans, and Tom Bernstein, the fund administrator for the Midwest Operating Engineers Benefit Funds. That's all for us. I'm Ken Edwards. He's Ed Maher. And this is The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.